let's talk to our guy, Jason Longshore. He, of course, the color analyst for all things Atlanta United here on 92.9 The Game. He is on Twitter at Longshoe. And, Jason, always good to talk to you. And, and by the way, too, you, um, what is it, 11 o'clock on Mondays now, right? Atlanta soccer tonight. That is correct. I'm following the great Doc Sock on Monday night. <laughs> well, listen, uh, if I'm not brain dead, so, uh, you know, at, at this point. But anyway, um, you know, Jason, obviously the Joseph Martinez era is over. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, for so long this franchise has been sort of the in case of emergency break glass and Joseph will go get us a goal. Do you think that there's going to be sort of a philosophical change when you don't have that elite dominant goal scoring kind of guy that maybe it's a more distributive effort? I mean, you know, whether, whether they consciously or unconsciously decide to go that direction, but just, is there maybe sort of a philosophical change in the philosophy of the way that this organization plays soccer from here on out? I don't think it's philosophical, but I do think it kind of changes the feel because I feel like this is something we've talked about in most off seasons really since 17 or 18 in that Atlanta United needs a secondary goal scorer. You know, 2019 was a prime example where Joseph Martinez was by far the goal scoring threat. And that was a good team that needed an additional goal scorer. I think just without such a, a big personality and a big figure up top that has the years of experience with the club, like, like Joseph had, it's going to change maybe how it feels more than it's a change in approach. Because I think most successful teams are going to have that number nine that is the focal point in the attack. It's really hard to build an attack that doesn't have a focal point. And Tiago Almada will be a focal point to a degree, but he's not going to score 20 goals. He might have 20 assists, but he's not going to have 20 goals. And I, I don't know if you necessarily need one 20-goal scorer, but you need somebody that is that focal point that everything revolves around. And when you look at the, the pieces that this team has with Almada as a playmaker, with Araujo and Etienne Jr. on the wings who can both score goals and both create and get in behind and they have speed. You need that number nine to be an important figure, but maybe not the sole focal point that, that kind of sucks up all the oxygen of the attack. So with that being said, if if we say that, you know, obviously no one's going to replace Joseph and, and you know, in a 20-goal scorer and – Almada maybe isn't that guy. Is it a situation where it's three guys that are whatever, seven goals, it's two guys that are t- I mean, how do you see that how do you see that attack and that distribution kind of flowing through this team this year? In an ideal world, you're getting around 10 a piece from Etienne Jr. and from Luis Araujo. You're looking for a number nine, and the reports are, are still out there about Yorgos Yakamakis coming in from Celtic, a Greek national team forward who's led the league in scoring at his last two stops, led the Scottish League 
led the Dutch league before that with a bad team in the Netherlands as well. Okay, if if Yakumakis comes in or if it's somebody else and they can get in the the 15 to 20 range, you're going to get goals from other places. Almada's good for between 5 and 10, I think. He might have one of those years where he pops a few more than 10. I'm not expecting that. I think 5 to 10 is is the target for him. You're going to get goals from center backs. Are you going to get sticks from Wado Parata like you did last year? Maybe that's asking a lot. You're going to get goals from the fullbacks. But you need, I think, around double digits for Etienne Jr. and from Alaroju. And you need between 15 and 20 from a number nine. And I think if you get those things, then this is a team that, that can be at the top of the East. So with that, Jason, and Jason Longshore joins us on the WadeFord.com hotline, coloring us for all things Atlanta United here on 92.9 The Game. So with that, you know, again, we've played, you know, stretches of, you know, long periods without Joseph Martinez. Does it become sort of, you know, a less attack? You know, we obviously built our reputation on we're attacking, we're scoring goals, you know, we're good at home and, you know, this, this kind of, you know, style that just comes right at you. Has that sort of changed? I mean, and was that even kind of changing, you know, as Joseph Martinez has kind of, you know, progressed over the last couple of years? I mean, it's it does feel like it's maybe not some of the – and maybe that's head coaches and stuff like that, but it doesn't seem like it's always kind of that same type of style that, that we had early in the franchise run versus maybe the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think the the way the team has attacked has evolved and that was evolving with Joseph. Uh, I think it was even, it was even evolving before the knee injury with Joseph where it was less risky. You know, you go back to 2017, which I feel like a lot of people, when we think Atlanta United in terms of the attack, the flashback goes to that first month at Mercedes Benz stadium where it felt like a series of blowouts. So the New England Revolution game, 7-0, LA Galaxy, 4-0. I mean, it was just crazy to see the amount of goals that were being scored. Even as 2017 into 18 when MLS Cup went, the team got, I'll say, smarter in terms of being less risky not being as wide open, not exposing themselves defensively as much. It was something Tata Martino talked about in the transition from 17 to 18. It was something that Frank DeBoer had to do in 2019 because his back line had gotten a little bit older. They couldn't play as high of a line. They were getting you know, boat raced at times because they didn't have as much speed. So they had to be a little more careful, be a little more smart about possession and be a little, little smarter about positioning. Now then when you lose the breakneck speed that Joseph had after the knee injury, and he's not the same player he was before the the knee injury. When you lose that, you do have to change the way you attack. And and I think that's not really Atlanta United like being out on an island and doing this. If you look at top teams around the world, you have to find that balance between committing numbers in the attack when it's on and protecting yourself from conceding goals. And I think that's going to be the key in terms of balance for Gonzalo Pineda in 2023 is creating lots of chances, creating good scoring chances, finishing those chances, but also not at the expense of giving up a whole lot of chances going the other way. 
What do we know about uh, the center back, Luis Abram, that was just signed uh, earlier today? What, uh, what does he bring to this team? Luis Abram, he played 38 games for Cruz Azul in all competitions last calendar year. So he was a, a regular in a team that played in the CONCACAF Champions League, played in the playoffs in both seasons in Mexico. He was at his best at Vela Sarsfield, where he was a teammate of Thiago Almada. Uh, he played for former Atlanta United manager Gabriel Heinze. Um, that was where he really started to break into the Peruvian national team. He made a move to Spain. They loaned him to, to Mexico. It, I don't think he's been at his best since he left Velez. And I think the, the job for Gonzalo Pineda is to get him back to that point. I think he's going to compete with Juanjo Parata to be the starter next to Miles Robinson. It'll, it'll give Pineda the opportunity to play three center backs as well, three really strong center backs. He's a lefty as well, which – can be helpful when you're building out of the back. If he's going to be the left-sided center back, you're on your natural foot on that side. It's a little bit more comfortable in the passing out of that position. Jason Longshore joining us here on the WaitFord.com hotline. Uh, color analyst for all things Atlanta United here on the game. Obviously, injuries really was the the kind of big defining thing for this past season. But, you know, when you have injuries, other guys have to step up. And, you know, maybe it's younger guys, veteran guys, and different things like that. How much is going through last year what this team went through? Is there some kind of benefit to, you know, having played some, you know, various other guys, younger guys, things like that? Like, you know, I I don't want to say it was a good thing, but certainly guys got a lot more experience than, you know, had everybody have been healthy from last year. Yeah, and that's an important factor here. I mean, you don't want to go through that, what happened last year, where at times, you know, you have one starting member of the back line who's healthy, and that's it, and you're you're figuring out the rest of it on the fly. You don't want to have to deal with that. But I always flash back to something Gonzalo Pineda said about Caleb Wiley last year. Caleb Wiley, 17 years old, played a lot more than – probably anyone expected coming into the year and he made some mistakes and he he gave up some goals and and probably cost the team some points that happens with a 17 year old but Gonzalo said that you know he's going to be better off for making those mistakes now it's not a a teenager who is kind of training around the first team gets a game here gets a game there and then when he gets his first chance at 21 or 22 makes a couple big mistakes you're making those mistakes at 17. You get an 18, 19. Caleb Wiley is going to be a better player for having went through that experience. And there's other players in this team that are in that position as well. It's Again, it's not something you ever choose to go through, but young players, maybe players who are more on the depth side, getting that time, getting that experience, it will help them when they're called upon in 2023. That's for sure. Last question, Jason. Just from a chemistry standpoint, um, you know, where is this team? I mean, you know, looking at some of the recaps of, you know, the match against Chattanooga and stuff, you know, it it just seemed like that there was still like some building of chemistry and things and just kind of guys playing together, you know. And I know, you know, we get into this part of the season and it's, you know, it's CONCACAFs and it's, you know, uh, I know the AmFam Cup and all these kinds of things, but – how important is just kind of getting these guys some action together 
and just kind of developing that overall chemistry for this team? Chemistry is important. Um, it, it's huge. And, and it's, you know, when you talk about the sport, you know, I, I think it's the one that maybe chemistry becomes the, the most important. You know, we see it in, in the NBA from time to time where stars take over games. Hard to do that in a soccer match, one person, even a couple people. you got to have that chemistry within the group. And when you look at the game in Chattanooga, actually the chemistry wasn't really my concern. You look at the way the team defended and the game plan going into it, and we, we talked about it on the pregame, we talked about it throughout the first half with the starting group. When you go into that game with an idea of we're not just going to press high and chase and try to force mistakes – we're going to try to really condense the field in the middle third, in the middle part of the field, and force turnovers. And they did, and they made it difficult for Chattanooga to build up opportunities from there. The Chattanooga goals came from 1v1 duels on the right side where legs got tired, and Chattanooga's winger had a great day, created opportunities, and individual mistakes. The chemistry, I think, was pretty good for game one. This trip in Mexico that the team's on right now is key to building the chemistry from an on-the-field perspective, but also from an off-the-field perspective. You have a lot of similar faces to what you had last year, but you have some new big personalities. I think Derek Etienne Jr. is going to be a, a big figure in this team. You don't have Joseph Martinez, who has been a big figure in this team. And when you lose that and you add new faces – Roles kind of change a little bit. People will step up and be bigger voices in the locker room than ever before. So I'm excited to see how that develops. It's key, but I think it's in a pretty good place as they went to Mexico, and I think this trip's going to end up helping them a lot. On Twitter, at Long Shoe, he's our color analyst for all things Atlanta United. And don't forget to check out 11 o'clock Atlanta soccer tonight. Is that show for an hour, or how long is it? It's an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, when, when you got me coming in after the uh, <laughs> Portland game and it's a 1 a.m. start, I can get an hour. That's about it. Well, listen, I, I've done some two in the morning stuff. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jason, join us on the waitford.com hotline. Jason, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Uh, good to get you back in the mix in the fold here. So uh, thanks as always. We'll talk again soon.